Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20-Minute Books, we will be taking a bite out of Fast Food Nation, a riveting expose penned by the award-winning investigative journalist Eric Schlosser. This page-turner peers behind the golden arches of the fast food industry, unveiling the grim realities and practices behind our favorite quick meals, a veritable feast for readers concerned about personal health. Fast Food Nation highlights the bleak consequences of the industry's relentless pursuit of profit, from distressing working conditions to the terrifying methods of food preparation. It shows the far-reaching impact of this industry, extending beyond our diet and seeping into our education, health, and living standards. If you are passionate about understanding the larger implications of seemingly minor industry practices, or if you are a fervent advocate for human or animal rights, this book is a must-read. Schlosser, renowned for his contributions to The Atlantic and honored with the National Magazine Award, offers an unflinching analysis, urging us to re-examine our fast food habits. Prepare to delve into an eye-opening journey that exposes the underbelly of the seemingly harmless fast food industry. So, grab your earbuds and join us as we unravel the disturbing truths cooked up in Fast Food Nation. A Fast Food Nation, the dark side of the all-American meal. Introduction. Unraveling the fries. Uncover the unsavory truths of your fast food favorites. Are you someone who reaches out for a quick, cheap bite every time hunger calls while you're away from home? It's easy to fall for the flawless image that the fast food industry projects. Who can resist the perfect gleaming burgers in ads, the free toys for kids, or the attractive budget-friendly deals? But today, we're going to pull back the curtain and reveal a darker side to this tempting scenario. The fast food industry is a global powerhouse with influences stretching far and wide, impacting the food production process the world over. This means the footprints of this industry can be found in the food we all consume, even when we're not indulging in fast food. And the intense profit-centric approach of this industry has staggering consequences. A significant dip in meat quality, heightened risk of ingesting tainted meat, and the exploitation of the more vulnerable strata of society. In the forthcoming narrative, we will dissect the cataclysmic after-effects of the fast food industry on towns and communities, its relentless toll on the workers, and its damaging impact on public health. We're going to dive into the harsh reality of what constitutes the burger you so relish, exposing the ingredients that you'll wish remained hidden, Together, we'll explore the calculated business strategies employed by this industry, strategies that deliberately incapacitate workers, fostering a vicious cycle of poverty and crime. We will also see how fast food chains have dramatically transformed the means by which our food is produced today, and not for the better. A warning before we proceed. Once you've journeyed through these revelations, there's a high chance you'll forever see your beloved burger in a different light. Part 1. How America's Love for Fast Food Took Root The Game-Changing Role of the McDonald Brothers Regardless of your personal opinion on fast food, it's nearly impossible to find someone who hasn't tasted McDonald's. The brand's gleaming golden arches symbolize not just fast food, but a significant slice of American culture across the globe. 
But how did McDonald's, and by extension the entire fast food industry, attain this colossal success? Let's rewind to the 1950s in Southern California. Drive-in restaurants were the newest rage, staffed by charming waitresses on roller skates. Thanks to the proliferation of cars and the growth of suburbs, drive-ins, serving food, showcasing movies, and even holding church services, were flourishing. In this environment, the irresistible blend of affordable food, the convenience of cars, and the allure of pretty waitresses quickly turned fast food restaurants into favored hangouts for youngsters. This is when the McDonald brothers stepped onto the scene and turned the fast food business upside down. Their focus was razor sharp. Streamline the service for enhanced speed and efficiency. They offered a limited menu with meals that required no cutlery. They packaged their food and drinks in no-frills paper containers and abandoned the model of serving customers in their cars. But the game-changer was their adoption of the factory assembly line principles. Each staff member was allocated a simple, repetitive task, whether it was flipping burgers or garnishing salads, a move that slashed costs and boosted speed. This shift to faster and more affordable service started drawing in a wider demographic. McDonald's evolved from being a teenager's haunt to a budget-friendly option where families could treat their kids to a restaurant meal. The resultant success of their speedy service system was staggering. Between 1960 and 1973, McDonald's saw their restaurant count mushroom from 250 to an astounding 3,000. Soon, their successful model was emulated by other upcoming fast food chains. Today's heavyweights in the fast food world like Burger King, Wendy's, or Kentucky Fried Chicken all owe their meteoric rise to the McDonald's blueprint that they swiftly adapted. The triumphant story of the assembly line style of food production has reshaped our work, our eating habits, and our lifestyle, not just in America, but throughout the world. Part 2. Targeting the Young How fast food chains weave their web around children and teenagers, even in schools. When we think of marketing strategies, the first instinct is to target adults, the section of the population with purchasing power. But the fast food industry flipped this notion on its head and chose to target a different demographic altogether, children. Children make the perfect customers as they hold a powerful sway over their parents' spending decisions. With the shifting societal norms since the 1980s, parents have found themselves spending less time with their children, and to make up for this, they tend to spend more money on them. And this presents a golden opportunity for companies. By captivating the minds of children, companies indirectly influence parents to open their wallets. Moreover, children are more likely to take commercial promises at face value, making them an easy audience to sell to. Fast food chains and corporations exploit this naivety, crafting products and commercials designed to catch the eyes of young ones. Take McDonald's, for instance. They lure children with strategically built playgrounds at their outlets and the promise of free toys with their meals, the infamous Happy Meals. Evidently, this strategy works like a charm. A study revealed that offering a popular toy with a meal can cause sales to skyrocket, doubling or even tripling within a week. Consequently, a staggering 90% of American children aged between 3 and 9 visit a McDonald's every month, 
But the fast food industry's child-centric approach isn't confined to TV commercials, movie theatres or billboards. Since the 1990s, their advertisements have seeped into American schools. Public funding cutbacks have led numerous school districts to finance themselves through contracts with soda companies, fast food chains and other large corporations. Today, at least 20 school districts in the US boast their own Subway franchises and over 1,500 have delivery contracts with the brand. Corporate sponsorship even extends to educational materials used in schools. Consequently, textbook content too bears the mark of corporate influence. An example of this is a study guide sponsored by the American Coal Foundation, which brazenly claims that the carbon dioxide released by the coal industry, a known contributor to the greenhouse effect, is beneficial to the planet instead of harmful. Part 3. Exposing the Underbelly How the fast food industry thrives on exploiting vulnerable workers. A job at a fast food restaurant might seem like a sweet deal. Free food and a casual, friendly environment. But if you look a bit closer, the picture isn't that rosy. The fast food industry is plagued with employment issues, many stemming directly from its assembly line system. Since each assembly line task is simple and straightforward, the need for intense training is eliminated. This gives rise to a workforce that's inexpensive and easily replaceable, resulting in a high employee turnover rate. On average, a fast food worker either quits or is shown the door every three to four months. Making matters worse, the industry predominantly employs vulnerable individuals, teenagers, immigrants, and low-income folks, who find their hardships compounded by the challenging work conditions. For instance, about two-thirds of U.S. fast food workers are under 20 years of age. Teenagers are the ideal employees for fast food chains because they settle for lower wages and are less likely to demand their employee rights compared to their more experienced counterparts. Alarmingly, labor laws are often overlooked in this industry, causing many teens to work long hours to their detriment. Studies reveal that while up to 20 hours of work per week can be beneficial for teens, anything beyond this can be detrimental, detracting from their education and social life. A darker side of working in the fast food industry is the heightened risk of falling victim to crime. Fast food outlets are often the target of robberies, and shockingly, two-thirds of these crimes are committed by past or current employees. Driven by poor working conditions and low wages, these employees often select their familiar workplace as the first target for their criminal activities. Regrettably, the fast food industry appears determined to perpetuate these conditions. Restaurants persistently seek out more straightforward machines that further minimize the need for training employees. The industry also employs aggressive anti-union tactics, resorting to mass layoffs or even shutting down entire restaurants when workers attempt to unionize. The outcome? Not a single fast food worker in North America is represented by a union, a grim fact that exposes the harsh realities of this industry. Part 4. Franchise Conundrum The Tilted Scale Favoring Corporations Over Franchise Owners The dream of owning a business is widespread, but the fear of failure holds back many. The franchise model offers a solution, a chance to operate a restaurant under the umbrella of an established brand. This blend of autonomy and security has contributed significantly to the worldwide expansion of fast food chains. However, 
Is this deal as fair as it seems? On the surface, the franchise system appears to spread the risk evenly. The company provides the brand and the business model, and the franchisee supplies the initial capital. The reality, however, is quite different. The franchisees shoulder a disproportionately heavier burden. They have to sink considerable funds to kickstart the venture and are bound by the corporation's stringent rules. For instance, a McDonald's franchise owner has no say if the company decides to open another franchise just around the corner. While this move boosts the corporation's profits, the resulting surge in competition eats into the franchisee's income. Contrary to certain studies that paint a rosy picture of franchise success, a deeper dive reveals a different story. When franchises that went bankrupt are included in the calculations, it emerges that franchises are, in fact, more likely to fail than independent businesses. Adding to this skewed risk profile, fast food corporations enjoy superior legal protection. Despite investing their capital like business owners and adhering to the corporation's directives like employees, franchise owners are left in a legal limbo. They are not protected by laws meant for employees or independent businessmen. For example, despite having to buy their own supplies, they do not enjoy the benefits of consumer protection laws. Similarly, they take orders from the corporate headquarters, yet they aren't covered by employment laws. So it appears that franchising, far from being a surefire ticket to success, serves as another cog in the machinery that strengthens fast food corporations while leaving franchise owners in a precarious position. Part 5. Fast food deception. The illusion of flavor masking the reality. Have you ever indulged in a bowl of strawberry yogurt? Did you wonder how many strawberries it contained? The disappointing answer is likely zero. In today's world, it's less about the authentic ingredients and more about mimicking flavors. The reason behind this trend is simple. The flavor of a product is often the key determinant of its market success or failure. Originally, our ability to discern flavors was a survival tool, helping us distinguish edible food from potentially harmful ones. Even today, our craving for specific flavors heavily influences our food choices. This inclination has driven corporations to channel substantial investments into an entirely new industry. Artificial flavoring. Artificial flavoring has infiltrated most of the food consumed in the U.S. today. Processed foods such as canned goods, frozen products, and microwave meals constitute 90% of all food expenditures by Americans. Since these food processing methods strip the original flavor from the food, artificial flavors are added to compensate. Fast food chains are heavy users of artificial flavorings, understanding all too well that flavors dictate their customers' food preferences. For instance, McDonald's openly admits that the flavor of their fries is partially derived from a flavoring called animal products, while Wendy's chicken sandwich curiously contains beef extract. Added flavors are typically classified as either natural or artificial flavors. However, their components are virtually the same, with the only difference lying in their production process. Intriguingly, both types are usually concocted in chemistry labs. As such, Natural flavors are not necessarily healthier or more natural than artificial ones. For instance, almond flavoring, naturally derived from sources like peach or apricot pits, may actually contain traces of deadly hydrogen cyanide. So the next time you're savoring a Big Mac, 
bear in mind that what you're tasting has more to do with a laboratory concoction than real, fresh ingredients. Enjoy your meal. Part 6. Agricultural Crisis. How the fast food industry is suffocating U.S. farmers. The romanticized image of all American farmers tilling vast Midwestern fields is far removed from the stark reality confronting modern-day farmers. A few powerful suppliers now dominate the potato, poultry, and beef markets, a trend exacerbated by massive buyers like McDonald's, the nation's largest consumer of beef. To standardize their burgers, McDonald's drastically reduced their beef suppliers from 175 to a mere 5, catalyzing the growth of monopolies. To put things into perspective, four meatpacking firms now account for 84% of the country's cattle slaughter. Eight chicken processors control two-thirds of its market, and three companies monopolize the entire American market for frozen French fries. These monopolies have made farmers heavily reliant on their buyers. Consider the example of chicken farming. As chicken production has scaled up dramatically, the processing companies have wielded greater power over farmers. Consequently, chicken farmers often find themselves locked into contracts where they provide labor, land, and equipment, yet don't own any chickens. The chickens belong to the companies, granting the companies considerable leverage. If a farmer challenges any conditions or prices, the company can withdraw all the chickens, terminate the contract, and leave the farmer mired in debt. With fewer buyers in the market, farmers have no choice but to accept the offered prices, leading to meager earnings. When a portion of French fries sells for $1.50 at a fast food restaurant, the potato farmer earns a paltry two cents. Such minuscule returns force farmers to work harder and longer for a subsistence living. Those who fail to make ends meet often resort to selling their property, which is frequently snapped up by the big companies. The new owners then hire the same farmers as employees to work on the land they just sold. A startling twist in the tale of fast food's influence on U.S. agriculture. Part 7. Meatpacking. Mayhem. The collateral damage caused by the fast food industry. Ever contemplated why a burger costs only $1? A significant part of the explanation lies in the treatment of cattle and poultry. But there's another facet to the story that's often overlooked. The distress experienced by the workers in the meatpacking industry. The seeds of this predicament were sown in the 1960s, when the meatpacking industry adopted the assembly line model of production. Echoing the trends in the fast food industry, assembly line production lessened the demand for skilled workers. Employers started hiring cheap labor, cutting wages, and combating unionization efforts. Moreover, employers tend to provide health insurance and paid holidays only to workers who have been employed for at least six months. As most workers leave before completing six months, the employers manage to save money. Additionally, since unqualified, inexpensive labor meets their needs, meatpacking companies often hire illegal migrants, homeless individuals, or refugees. In Nebraska and Iowa, for example, one quarter of all meatpacking workers are illegal immigrants. These workers generally accept lower pay and, much like fast food employees, are less likely to form unions. But the repercussions of these practices extend beyond the workers. They also profoundly impact the towns and cities housing these meatpacking plants. Historically, 
meatpacking operations were centered in urban locales like New York or Chicago. However, to escape union influence, meatpacking companies began relocating to smaller towns in rural areas. Wherever these companies set up shop, they carried their detrimental effects with them. Towns that become home to these meatpacking plants often experience a surge in poverty and crime due to the influx of low-income, uneducated individuals attracted by job prospects. Take the case of Lexington, Nebraska. In 1990, a large company opened a slaughterhouse in the town. Within a decade, the rate of serious crimes had doubled and state-subsidized medical care cases had risen dramatically. Street gangs began to take control and the town evolved into a hub for illegal drugs. The meatpacking industry, mirroring its fast food counterpart, prioritizes cheap and efficient production with little regard for human welfare. Part 8. Profit-Driven Peril The hazardous reality of working in the meatpacking industry ever envisioned working in a slaughterhouse? It's not merely a grimy, strenuous and poorly paid occupation. It's incredibly hazardous too. Slaughterhouses top the list of the most dangerous workplaces in the US, boasting an injury rate three times higher than an average American factory. This alarming statistic stems from the inconsistent size and weight of cattle, which impedes full automation of production, leaving much of the work to be done manually. With knives as the primary tools, injuries such as stabs and cuts are prevalent. The employment of untrained workers only elevates the risk further. The frenzied pace of the assembly line intensifies these hazards. Under the pressure of fierce competition and slender profit margins, meatpacking companies depend on fast production for profitability. Consequently, they're continually looking for ways to accelerate operations, inadvertently heightening the workers' risk of injury. To keep up with the demanding pace, workers often resort to drugs like methamphetamine. However, this substance makes them less cautious and diminishes their control, amplifying the risk of injury even further. The exploitation by the meatpacking industry doesn't end with an injury. Workers are frequently coerced into underreporting their injuries or returning to work before fully recovering, lest they lose their jobs. Meanwhile, the compensation employers have to shell out to an injured worker is paltry. A lost finger amounts to a mere $2,200 to $4,500. However, for the meatpacking industry, the savings on safety measures and the benefits of faster production lines make it worthwhile to cover the occasional cost of a lost finger. It's a chilling reminder of the lengths to which the industry will go in the relentless pursuit of profits. Part 9. The Unseen Menace. How fast food production escalates the risk of foodborne illness. It's common knowledge that fast food is detrimental to health. While obesity is often seen as the gravest health consequence, a far deadlier menace lurks behind the scenes. Lethal bacteria such as E. coli 0157H7 thrive in the realm of rapid, inexpensive beef production. E. coli 0157H7 is a mutant strain of bacteria capable of emitting a lethal toxin. Individuals infected with this bacteria can experience stomach cramps, bloody diarrhea, or even die. This bacteria can infect beef if it comes into contact with cattle feces. But surely, that wouldn't happen, right? 
Unfortunately, in many slaughterhouses, meat regularly contacts cattle feces due to unsanitary work conditions, the speedy assembly line, and untrained workers. Another disease propagator is the cattle feed itself. Despite regulations now prohibiting feeding cows, dead dogs, and cats from animal shelters, a past practice, these naturally grass-fed animals are still fed deceased horses, pigs, and even poultry feces. This grim diet increases their vulnerability to harmful bacteria and parasites. The centralization of meat production further exacerbates the issue of foodborne illnesses. Previously, food poisoning was usually attributable to isolated production errors, such as poor storage, impacting only a few individuals, like at a company gathering. Now, meat from a handful of colossal corporations reaches supermarkets and fast food outlets nationwide. So a single contaminated batch can jeopardize millions of people. As a result, approximately 200,000 individuals in the U.S. fall prey to food poisoning daily. This alarming rise in foodborne illnesses directly correlates with the fast food industry's insatiable demand for vast quantities of inexpensive meat. Despite the improvements in food standards within the fast food industry, mostly a fallout from lawsuits in the 1990s, the quality of meat consumed in households across the U.S. remains worryingly poor. Part 10. Global Conquest. How the fast food industry reshaped the world. Traveling abroad often entails navigating strange languages, exploring unknown territories, and embarking on remarkable adventures. Yet, there's one constant. Inevitably, you'll stumble upon a McDonald's. But how did the fast food industry attain such global omnipresence? Their secret lies in being the pioneers to venture into a country when it welcomes international investors. Take Turkey, for example. In the 1980s, when Turkey threw open its economy, McDonald's was the first overseas corporation to establish franchises there. This early bird strategy is why fast food joints have become synonymous with Americanization and Western-style capitalism, both as a beacon of progress and a harbinger of cultural erosion. Fast food corporations also mold foreign nations by introducing new farming techniques. In an effort to mitigate the perception of being American imperialists flooding markets with imported food, they transplant their own agricultural methods and source supplies locally. Before launching its restaurants in India, McDonald's educated local farmers on how to cultivate lettuce, a crop alien to most parts of India, and even provided them with lettuce seeds engineered specifically for the Indian climate. Such expansive business practices have led to the worldwide dissemination of fast food culture, and its adverse implications trail not far behind. Fast food has made the U.S. the country with the highest obesity rates, with more than half of all American adults and a quarter of American children being obese or overweight. However, with the international expansion of fast food, other nations are beginning to grapple with similar challenges. For instance, in Great Britain, the number of fast food outlets doubled between 1973 and 1993. Predictably, the adult obesity rate during the same period mirrored this increase. This surge of adverse outcomes has sparked global protests against fast food chains like McDonald's by environmental and animal rights activists. It's also ignited politically motivated attacks against these symbols of American influence. Final summary. 
The underlying message in this book, the quest for speedy, inexpensive food carries steep costs in the form of oppressive employment conditions, burgeoning obesity crises, and compromised meat quality, as the fast food industry shaves off every possible expense to maximize profits. It wreaks havoc on people's livelihoods, health, and education on a global scale. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then. Happy reading and happy listening.